Hey guys, welcome back to Wildest Kruger Stories. I'm Craig. And I'm Carolina. And we have an incredibly exciting episode today, as I say that at the beginning of every episode. I was just about to say, you say that at the beginning <laughs> of every single episode. It's getting quite regimented. I will come up with something more creative in future episodes. But I guess we're always just excited about the topics that we choose to talk on. Oh, yeah, so. that's true. I like think like, when we, just before an episode, when you're not shouting at me for not listening, um, I, I, I think... <laughs> We are quite excited about getting the next episode out there. Yeah, but it's also we choose to talk about topics that we love and that we're excited about, and that's why we have this podcast. And yeah, I think it's there's a lot of passion. And um, on that note, thanks all for all the messages that um, everyone's been sending through. And yeah, it's uh, a lot of compliments. And uh, yeah, we do appreciate that. Yeah, and like looking at the numbers as well, the podcast is growing, which is amazing to see. Uh, we keep on saying this is just a passion project and, mm. you know, and we're going to keep on doing it because we love it. But it's incredible to see that there's a lot of people listening. Yeah. And as Craig says, all the messages that we get mean so much because it really shows that you guys are enjoying what we're doing. Uh, we're literally just sitting like in our bedroom right now with a little microphone on a tripod, like nothing professional. <laughs> But you guys are giving us such amazing compliments on on how how much you're enjoying the episodes. So that's really that's really awesome to hear. Yeah, I, I literally when we first started, it, I was like, okay, cool. So we just need to talk shit for an hour. But like, <laughs> it's become it's become a thing, you know, and it's um, it's really fun, and I've I've grown to enjoy doing it, and all the messages that come through on Carolina's Instagram, on my Instagram. Um, the reviews on the podcast itself, it just gives us more and more motivation to keep going. Yeah, so we really appreciate it. But on that note, mm. we are going to talk today about Kruger and the self-drive area of Kruger specifically, because yeah. we have just spent 10 days in the park with a client, uh, and we wanted to talk to you guys about it and what it was like, what we saw, where we stayed, what like what does 10 days in Kruger look like? So that is the topic of, of the episode. Yeah. Well, I suppose, I think it was more 12, because then we went to a private reserve afterwards. That's so true. it was 12 days, but we're going to focus more on the 10 days in Kruger itself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was what, I think we did just under 2,500 kilometers, mm. just within the park itself, um, driving through the various areas. We didn't go north. No, we went to the northern part of the central part of the park, if yeah. that makes sense. We went to Lataba. If for those of you that listened to the podcast episode, I don't know what number it was, but about the uh, the national park itself, Lataba is pretty much the start of the north, but kind of just the northern part of the central area. Um, and that was as far as we went, but we didn't stay at Lataba. The nor- most north we stayed at was Olifants. Yeah, and we'll definitely talk more about yeah. that. But... Before we jump into the 10 days in Kruger and telling everybody what it was like and all of that, we need to do scenario. Oh yeah, right. And I'm going to do... <laughs> I don't have a scenario yet, but <laughs> I'll think of one. <laughs> That's why you didn't sound too excited. Yeah. But I have a scenario. It's quite closely connected to what we're talking about because it's something that we've been discussing a lot during the trip with our client. And it's about vehicles okay. in the park. So... I wanted to give you a, I guess, an open question of which vehicle would you recommend 
to go to the Kruger National Park with and why? Like, from what aspect are we looking at? Are we looking from a photographic aspect or like living... Game viewing. Game viewing. So just viewing, not serious, low angle photography kind of... What are we talking about? Like just standard average Kruger trip, what I would recommend? Yeah, I think so. Like going going on by your own, like just renting a vehicle or like professional guide? See, you're poking holes in my, holes in my scenario here. I hadn't, I hadn't thought that far. Yeah, you see. But <laughs> okay, okay, let, let, let me give you three options. Three of, options. Uh, a, let's say you have a couple that contacts you yeah. and they want to do a 10-day trip in Kruger. You have one person that is a, a amateur, passionate photographer, uh-huh. and the other person is just there for the fun. And yeah, they want to do, did I say 10 days? 10 days, yeah. Uh, what vehicle do you suggest for them? I would say like a, there's these rental uh, vehicles that you can get that are like these pickups with um, a kind of modified back back area kind of like hatchback area where there are uh, gas bottles spades everything they're four by four vehicles so and it's got every and they come with a rooftop tent so if you're traveling on a budget i would probably recommend one of those no they're going with you oh with me Mm. okay yeah then a 10 seater um uh, a 10 seater open vehicle is it yeah Okay, for 10 days in Kruger. Well, it depends. That would be morning and afternoon because full days in 40 degree heat, not a fuck. <laughs> um, in an open vehicle with no aircon, sorry. I'm not putting myself through that. No. And I will not put my clients through that. No. So uh, I would say, yes, day of transit, cool, we can deal with it. But then it's purely morning and afternoon drives. Mm. And if it was more full days, you would do a closed vehicle yeah. as an aircon. Very similar to what we did um, with this trip. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Good answer. Alright, so just before we get into our 10-day Kruger trip and what a 10-day Kruger trip looks like, uh, I just want to give a big thank you to Jonas Bayer um, for... Shout out. Yeah, shout out uh, to for choosing Wildest Kruger Safaris, um, coming on this 10-day trip or 12-day trip. And for uh, being a fantastic fantastic guest yeah um we had a lot of fun a lot of good chats he's a photographer and uh, it was nice for him to to experience the south african form of wildlife he's an arctic photographer so you guys must definitely check out his stuff at bay of photo uh an incredibly talented photographer it was really nice to have him here and show him a little bit about the um uh, south african wildlife and south african photography or wildlife photography yeah. Yeah, no, it was awesome. And I think we pulled off such an incredible trip. We had such a good time. Mm. Uh, it was really, really a successful one. And that's what we want to talk about, what that 10-day trip looked like. So just before we start, like, I want everyone to know, like, I've been going, I've been coming to Kruger, and I've spoken to Carolina about this before, but um, this Kruger trip, this 10 days, I haven't done a 10-day consecutive trip for a very, very long time. But it's been the best trip I've ever done to Kruger in my entire life from a sightings point of view. Yeah, the sightings have been insane. I have never seen the stuff I saw on this trip before in my life. And I've been going to Kruger for 29 years. Um, so, or I can remember. 
like maybe I saw stuff like this when I was like one in my <laughs> little carry cot, but I can't remember that far back. No, it was incredible. And I think we get, we're going to get into the sightings and what we saw specifically. Mm, yeah, yeah. But I think, first of all, I want to talk about where we stayed to get people an idea of, of how we, we covered a lot of the park. As we mentioned, we didn't cover the north, but yeah. uh, the the central northern part of the central and we conquered the south I and mean, we conquered the south we, yeah we, we traveled a lot of area there were one or two areas we didn't we didn't go it's in the south of far south but yeah yeah and we because we started off at pretoria school yeah uh, because jonas was arriving to he arrived to johannesburg he spent one night there uh, to kind of just settle in relax uh, after a very long day of traveling because i think he spent about 24 hours traveling mm -hmm. with layovers and everything and then he took a shuttle down to nelspreet where we picked him up yeah uh, and we did some last minute shopping before heading into the park um and we headed to pretorioscope uh and that's where we spent our first night mm -hmm. because it's quite close to a gate uh it's it's nice and easy to just get there uh as your first first stop yeah it gives uh, i think the way i mapped it out was it gave us um a time for something to go wrong you know always when traveling and transfers delayed flights delayed shuttles you know there's often there's not much of a uh, of a big enough window um for you to capitalize so wanting it gave us a good couple of hours to just stay somewhere close to a gate. So we went into Fabeni and uh, came down and it was, once we were in Fabeni gate, it was about a 20, 25 kilometer drive down to Pretoria Scorp, so quite a chilled afternoon. Mm. And then we got arrived there quite perfectly for, you know, just unpacking the car and, you know, settling in and then heading on an afternoon drive. Yeah, so we went out, what time? I think it was about four, am I right? Something like that, because it was quite warm. Yeah, because it was just before that heat wave. Yeah, we were in Kruger for a heat wave where we had multiple days of above 40 degrees, but more on that a little <laughs> bit later. Um, uh, yeah, we went on an afternoon drive. Just a short little Bumble introduction drive, pretty much for Jonas. Um, and we we went to dams. I went in the, clo in the area of Pretoria Corp, so we hit uh, Shitlava Waterhole and then Transport Dam. And we had some... We had some pretty cool sightings. Especially um, for the first afternoon. Yeah. We had, first sighting I think was hyenas yeah. at, at a den, uh, which was wonderful. Two it's little such... black babies coming out, the, the little cubs. Yeah, super, super cute. And I know hyenas was a big one for Jonas. Mm. That was awesome to start off with, with an animal that he really was excited to see. I think he was excited to see everything, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's still awesome to start off that way. And then we heard other vehicles, obviously driving in Kruger, you, you meet other vehicles that start talking to you and they were wondering what we were watching. And we said, oh, there's hyenas here. And they were like, oh, that's amazing. And they were like, you know what, just down the road, uh, there was a cheetah and a leopard. I think they both. Yeah. So he said, he said to me, oh, he says there's a leopard about 300 meters that way. And I was like, okay, great. And he was like, oh yeah, I just passed that. There's a cheetah. Yes. And I was like, wow. Um, okay. So darted off to see if we could find the leopard. Unfortunately, I think while we were with the hyenas, the that individual got mobile, mm. and you could just see everyone trying to reposition. So it was a little bit difficult. So we didn't get the the leopard, but then moved on like maybe a kilometer or two and found mm. some more cars, and there was a female cheetah um, just lying in the grass, getting up and down. We think uh, she was on a kill because she was up and down, and it looked like she was feeding, but we couldn't see properly because of the grass. Yeah, from a behavior point of view i think she possibly had 
a kill from that morning that she was just finishing up on because she wouldn't come up with any blood on her face. So, but her behavior, her like body movements, seemed to indicate that she was feeding on something. Mm, and it was quite exciting because I think people who have listened to other podcast episodes, we have spoken about how we haven't seen Cheetah in Kruger for a very long time. Uh, I think we, two years. Yeah, two years we haven't seen Cheetah and Kruger, and we go quite often. So it was incredible that our first afternoon with Jonas, we had a cheetah. Yeah. So that was that was fantastic. Uh, we then headed home and we we cooked uh, some oh, food on on the braai because um, we were cooking for this for this trip. So the next morning, um, we were going to travel quite far. So we packed the car and we were going all the way up to Ulifan's camp. So that was about a hundred and eighty, hundred and ninety k drive. So we decided not to do like a little loop in the morning, then come back and pack. So we packed the car the night before and just before the gates opened and we were at the gates and off we went. We wanted to go back to the areas where that leopard was seen um, and that cheetah was seen uh, because it was also a good area because that that hyena den was there and obviously it's only second day. So we darted off into that area and it paid off, didn't it? Yeah, it really did. We started off quite early on we saw two cheetah so mm. these were other cheetahs than the one we saw the night before which we were, we were mind blown that all of a sudden we we haven't even been in the park for 24 hours and we've seen three different cheetahs yeah. uh, but there was a very quick sighting they were mobile into uh, into the yeah, block away north. from the ro- road yeah, yeah. Um, and quite young were... individuals we couldn't really get uh, we couldn't get a clear sex on them but they were quite young um, and there were two of them, so I, I would assume two young males that had just kind of left their mom, or maybe, ah, oh, yeah, we can only speculate. Yeah. But um, still a cool sighting. They were on a burnt area and they were walking north. Mm, no, fantastic. Good start of the day. Mm. And then not long after that, we got presumably that leopard that people had spoken about yeah, the, the day before. before yeah. uh, she had a kill. It was in the same area, so we think that's why it was the same. Uh, she had a kill in a tree and was just chilling on a branch. Yeah. Uh, very photographic branch. Yeah, just five, five visual, just like amazing, an amazing sighting. Yeah, it was brilliant. We sat there for long, like probably an hour and a half. Yeah, and it was chaos with the cars. Yeah, oh, goodness gracious. Oh, <laughs> but that's Kruger for you, eh? And then like you get those bloody, what... RVs. Oh, you don't like RVs? Jeez, like if the don't Kruger get... can ban those things, please do it because they destroy every sighting. They okay. just. Sorry. Let's not get sorry, going I'm on gonna that. Rant a little bit about Is he going to get RVs. some RV owners messaging you now and being like, we should also be in Kruger? They should not be allowed to go. Those cars are too wide and they just they take up too much time in sightings. Okay. It's too much space. But sorry. That's we'll... Craig's opinion. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah. Anyway, there was a it was a busy sighting, it a lot of cars because it, because it was quite good visual of the leopard. Obviously, a lot of people thought the same as us yeah. and stayed there for a bit, which which is how it is in Kruger. Um, and we stuck around for maybe two hours, I think. Mm, close to yeah. Yeah, fantastic sighting, and then we made our way up to uh, head head towards mm. Olifants mm-hmm. uh, and passed by Skakuza for some coffee and right before Skakuza we got wild dogs. Mm, three wild dogs. Right next to the road. Very interesting like dynamic because they none of them most of the packs in the crew are collared and um, these were three individuals uh, and none of them were collared so quite interesting to see a, what could potentially be a splinter pack um, of the Skakuza pack as they known. And yeah, it's nice to see that the numbers are doing quite well and the the individuals are now splitting into smaller packs of dogs. 
Mm, no, very awesome sighting as well. Just so nice and close to the road. And dog dogs are always awesome to watch because they're quite busy and they you always know, doing something. Always doing something and also quite confident. You know, mm. uh, they never really worried about cars and just you know uh, doing their thing, which is really awesome. And then yeah, we headed up. It started getting warm, so we we were driving a little bit faster. Uh, there's no point really looking for animals in the heat of the day. Sure, uh, people are gonna stab you. <laughs> no but point it, looking for animals. No, but I mean, it, like you can drive a little bit faster instead of driving like the slow twenty that you do in the mornings because and in the in the afternoons. Yeah, because I know some of our friends get quite frustrated with us, like when they're coming in for the day and like when it gets past nine o'clock or ten o'clock. When it gets past like thirty-five degrees, we're just like, okay, cool. Like honestly, if we see anything, it's gonna be so flat, so tired, not really gonna have good visual of the animal. So it's just our opinion. Like yeah, because animals are usually not mobile during that time of the day. So the like my generally opinion, generally yeah, my opinion is kind of uh, either you are gonna see it because it's so close to the to the road, and then you're gonna have so many cars around there anyway. So there's no way you'll miss it, uh, or it's gonna be flat in the bush. So you're not gonna spot it no matter how clo- how slow you drive anyway. So yeah, the, but that's just our opinion. So we but we also had a lot of distance to cover. cover so we were yeah. we were uh, kind of getting going. And then we got to Olifants, um, such a beautiful camp on on the river, which is such a gorgeous view. Mm. And we unpacked, uh, got a little bit of rest, I think, and then we headed out for the afternoon drive uh, around three, four o'clock. I can't remember. I don't. I think we had a quiet one. It was a quiet one. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, it was a quiet one. Um, not much. It was so hot. Yes. I remember. Yeah, so I think there wasn't much happening. I think, wasn't that the day we had the beautiful Nyala? In- yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. We had the beautiful Nyala with the room lighting coming through the trees. Mm. But from a, you know, it was just a good general game day yeah. um, or afternoon. And then we went back, had some dinner. Um, and um, yeah, I think we called it an early one that day. Yeah, I think so. And the next morning we headed out again. And, and we headed down towards Satara. Yeah, we pushed south. Um, obviously... We wanted to go work those open plains. Uh, like me personally, had a lot of luck on those open plains uh, in the past. Um, you can also see for it's obviously very late winter. Haven't had a lot of rain. Uh, animals are going to congregate around pans and waterholes, and there's two uh, there's two pans on the way down to Satara. Also, a beautiful area for photography in mm. general, yeah, like yeah, yeah, even yeah. like with general game and stuff as well, because it is so open. So it kind of like it's got that kind of like Serengeti feel. Yeah. Uh, so it's just a beautiful area to to drive in general, and I think we had a we had a lovely morning with a lot of general game and like elephants and we stuff. We had a herd of buffalo as well. Yeah. Um, we had a nice herd of buffalo, and um, we had those zebra that were interacting quite that nicely. Was cool. They were. That was uh, cool. they, we spent about ten fifteen minutes with. Uh, it was two two young male zebra that were kind of sparring with each other, biting at each other, kicking at each other, but nothing too serious, um, and that made some really. Uh, cool for a photographic opportunity. Mm, definitely. And then as we got to Satara... First time ever. We <laughs> we know this has happened before because yes, people have, have told us uh, that this has happened before, but it's never happened to us. We get to Satara and there's cars parked watching something and we thought it was just probably just wildebeest or zebra just outside. Because there. there is always general game because there's also a pan in yeah. front of the Satara camp. And then all of a sudden, there's a cheetah lying under a bush right in front of the gate. Yeah. And we were like, how is this even possible? Uh, that we're getting another cheetah sighting. And she, 
no, he, we figured out, yeah, was a young, young male. male. Uh, he was lying there for a little bit. We waited and we saw that he wasn't too, like, comfortable sleeping. You know, he was kind of looking. I think there was people moving around in the camp. So he was watching that quite a lot. So we kind of figured he's going to get moving. He's not going to keep lying here under this bush mm. so close to the camp because there's people walking around in the camp. Uh, and then we were right. All of a sudden, he got up and got mobile. And we followed him for a little bit and he crossed the road right in front of us and yeah. and we got a fantastic sighting out of it yeah it was it was pretty incredible yeah it was really awesome got some awesome portrait shots and that was and the day that it got to what about 45 yeah. degrees and um yeah we got an update that there was a pride alliance on the h7 which is the road that runs between sitar and open camp uh, but unfortunately, they had moved off and I couldn't relocate. So we'd come all this way south and we had to go all the way back north in the <laughs> scorching heat. Yeah, because we went off to those lines because we were quite shocked that we hadn't seen lions yet. We had yeah, seen so many we'd cheetah. Seen, we had three cheetah sightings, um, a leopard sighting, uh, lots of elephants, lots of buffalo, and um, but no, no lions. lions. And normally that's the one of the first you get. But again, it just shows you how, how nature works. works. Absolutely. But with that being said, that afternoon, we Yo. got our first the first lion sighting and it was worth the wait. Wow. Yeah, we had... How did it happen? Now? We had a car come down and it was actually... We were a little bit naughty. Um, they, they told us... It was starting to get late. So... Um, and we know that Olifant's area isn't the busiest. And a car came down and said, Listen, I know it's... You're going to do something a little bit naughty, but you're going to go down there and go to a one-way road. It was about a kilometer down, so it wasn't too far. And I was like, okay, cool. Let me just let me just check it out. Um, and I went down there, and um, it was fine. There was only one vehicle on the sighting, and very accommodating. Um, so thank you very for helpful. that. Very helpful. Guiding me into the sighting and pointing out the line, and we had an amazing... An amazing sighting of that male lion in golden hour lighting. Yeah, it was male walking, walking kind of like next to the road and then crossing the road and then going back and he was marking territory. So he was, you know, basically following the road, but being in the bush a little bit, then walking on the road yeah. again and so on. And it was just fantastic sighting. And I think we got some amazing photos from that. Yeah. That was brilliant. It was a sighting worth waiting for. Yeah, it was. It was nice. Um, and yeah, he was walking on that game path. So we could just get those clear, clear shots. Absolutely. And then the next morning, we that was our second day at Olifants. We were yeah. staying at Olifants for three nights. And we headed up north to, to Letaba. Letaba. Mm. And that's where we had a sighting that you haven't seen in the park for a oh, very long since time. Since I was in school, I mean... Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think the last time I saw that. I, I can't remember. But over 15 years ago. We saw roan. Yeah, we had four roan. We, so a, it's an antelope for those who don't know. Yeah. Um, for those of you who are interested, I'm going to actually post a photo tomorrow morning um, of uh, a roan, if anyone's looking uh, at finding out what one looks like. But yeah, pretty from our side, quite an emotional sighting. It's, it's something you don't see too often. And, um, you know, I, I just feel so many people go to Kruger for big cats and uh, the big five cheetah dogs. And, you know, when you get a sighting like that and you see kind of cars that are just like driving past and you're like, 
come on. Mm. Yeah, this is, it's the most endangered antelope in the Kruger National Park and amongst one of the most endangered species. I mean, there's only plus minus 90 in the park. Uh, and that was just for me, it was, a, it was two females and two youngsters. Um, and that was just, it was, I was mind blown. And it was a fantastic sighting. They as were well. right next to the road. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, it was really, really cool. It was the first, first time for me hmm. seeing Roan in the park. Yeah, I've seen them at a game farm before, but that doesn't really count because they, they weren't really wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was fantastic, and they such funny-looking antelopes. Very big ears. Very big ears. And I'd forgotten that fact that they've got these massive elf-like ears. Yeah. Uh, but the facial markings and the horn structure—they, they—they are beautiful antelopes. No, really, really are. So that was a. Very special sighting. For me, yeah, it was... Mm. Uh, no, I think special. for all of us, I think yeah. it was very special. Um, and then, I think that was... And then we went to the Elephant Museum that day. Yes. That was very cool. So any of you ever... I know we've mentioned in a podcast before, but anyone that uh, ever has not been to Lataba, next time you are in the area, please go check it out. There's a Tusker Museum um, of the Magnificent Seven Tuskers. And it is elephants that have that had tusks they've all obviously passed on but um the tusks the heaviest tusks in the museum are i think it's 69 kilograms on the right hand tusk and 75 kilograms on the left hand tusk and all of them are roughly around those weights and the sizes you won't believe so it is a massive tourist attraction and i encourage people to go actually um look at that and learn a little bit about uh, elephants and elephants in the kruger no, it was fantastic, fantastic to see. It's an awesome museum. Um, and then the next day, we that was us done at Ulifants, am I right? Yeah, I think so. The next day, we headed down to Tambuti. Yeah, our favorite. Yeah. Our favorite. Camp. And I, I think that was one of Jonas's favorite as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, you, you feel so remote, I think. Mm. Um, it's just in the middle of nowhere. No big shops. Uh, you're in the trees. Anyone that's traveled to Botswana... Um, and you know that camp feel of Botswana and I get that feeling when I'm in Tomboiti camp and you've got a lot of nocturnal critters that come around because mm. you're on the river so a lot of a lot of hyena activity walking around we camp. had four the one night walking around the camp which was quite cool um, outside the fence outside yeah no. of course <laughs> and then uh, our little honey badger friends coming around running playing with each other along with that large spot of Janet. So that was mm. that was very, very cool. Very cool. And on the way down to Tamboiti we had some I think that was we had another cheetah. I think that was probably one of the best days of the whole trip when we were driving from Olifants down to Tamboiti. Because we started the day with mating lions. We did. We did. You're 100% right. We forgot right. to mention that the night before. We also saw them and we followed up with them the next morning. You're 100%. Because we know that mating lions don't move very far when they are mating. Because yeah. they basically just mate and like move, walk like three meters maybe, mate there and then they wait for like 15 minutes. And then they mate, walk three meters and mate there again, whatever. So we followed up the next morning to see if they were there. It was two mating lions so um obviously a male and a female and then another male that was just kind of hanging around yeah uh, chilling and so we went there the, in the morning had an incredible sighting of also them about two hours with them yeah I in the mean... beautiful golden light them yeah. mating just a couple of like maybe 10 meters off the road yeah uh, so it was beautiful and open very cool to see we saw them mate maybe like four times four or five times yeah yeah and um, so that's how we started our morning mm -hmm. and then 
we drove down to Satara and I think we got that lioness who was hunting. The, yes, the lioness hunting and then I said, no, the cars are too spread out. There Maybe there must be more, but it was only one. Yeah, we um, found out later there was, there was three. three, but we nobody could see the, the other, other two. two. They were very much further into the bush and we didn't, we didn't see them. Yeah. But we saw her hunting. It was... It wasn't a successful hunt, and we mm. didn't think it was going to be a successful hunt either, but it was very cool to, to see, witness that behavior. Uh, it was just very... F she was very far away yeah, when she, she started, far, yeah. and we saw that it was quite an open area, so we were like, these, these wildebeest are going to... They're going to spot her before, yeah. before she gets close enough. But it was very cool to see her stalking, and yeah, just... A, it was lovely. I think it was a very cool sighting. Spread out enough so cars weren't sitting on top of each other. So yeah, it was mm. it was nice. And then we moved down to Satara, grabbed yeah. something to eat, yeah. and uh, then we went on to the H seven, um, and we got that female cheetah. Male. Uh, oh, another male. Okay. Sorry, another male cheetah. Yeah. Um, Lying in a bush. Yeah, so, so it wasn't the sighting wasn't great. Yeah, when we got there, it wasn't a great sighting. This was also like at like 12 o'clock, so it was very hot. In the middle of a heat wave. So, I mean, it was like 46, 47 degrees it Celsius. It was very, very hot. And But we saw it and we were like, you know what? This, this cheetah is not going to be moving. <clears throat> it's not going to be moving much right now because it's way too hot. So let's go to Tamboiti, unpack our bags, and then get back here and wait for it to move this afternoon. Yeah. So that's what we did. We drove to Tamboiti, we unpacked, and then we got going. And as we were on our way back to the cheetah, we got a leopard and a hyena. Yeah, so we saw the hyena. And um, it was also strange behavior I picked up because we didn't know the leopard was there. The hyena was feeding on something. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Maybe it's an old carcass. And then it picked up a fresh impala kill and uh, started, running away, started running away. And I was like, no, this is not normal hyena behavior. And I said, no, there must be a leopard around. Um, I didn't say right? it as, I didn't say it as cool, calm and collected. I was like, there must be a leopard. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I get very excited with those animals. Um, and yeah, uh, about 10 seconds later, this female leopard just walked out the bush following this hyena. So that was very cool. Mm. And we had a very cool photographic sighting of that leopard. Um, eating the stomach lining yeah. of the, the rest of the It was the just kill. very hot. I think that was yeah. when your car was showing 50 degrees. Yeah, I don't think it was 50 degrees, but the, the temperature gauge was showing 50 degrees Celsius. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking we were around like 46, 47 that day. Yeah, that was crazy. So we, we were sitting there in the sun and it was just like, okay, what's the leopard doing? Should we pull up the... The, um, the window, start the air car now. Like for two <laughs> seconds and... Jonas's camera kept on overheating. Yeah, guys, actually moving away from our trip, um, I just have to say this. Quick uh, PSA. Yeah, just pro tip, Canon R5 doesn't handle heat well at all. So anyone thinking about buying the Canon R5 model and coming to South Africa, even it, it was the end of winter, yes, we were in a heat wave. But it didn't take much for that camera to overheat. So I would really think, and this is just another problem that we've discussed quite a bit, and I just want to kind of say like, mm. yeah, well, maybe we're right. Going to Marillis a little bit early, they're still figuring out a few things. So my opinion, when I go to Marillis, wait one or two years, and I think Carolina agrees with me. Well, 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 I think that will be a whole different episode. Yeah. But just good for people to know that specifically the R5 was overheating. I think there's other cameras that might be 
dealing with heat better. But yeah. yeah, that's just good to know. But anyway, we had that leopard and we moved on to the cheetah where we saw the cheetah. The funny thing is, as we got there, there was no cars mm-hmm. and there was no cheetah to be seen. But we were looking because we knew this cheetah was in those bushes when we got here and we were just looking around. And 47 degrees Celsius. I mean, that thing's not going anywhere. It's not going to move. And the, this is the funny thing is, if we just sit and wait for a little bit, then we saw a tail flick. Yeah. And we knew we were like, yeah, it's there in the grass. So we decided to park the car. Uh, luckily, we were in an angle now where the car, car was giving us shade. So that was perfect. Well, you shade. I was on the driver's side. Yeah, sorry about that. But we sat there waiting for basically the rest of the afternoon. And I think three times the cheetah sat up for us, looked around, moved a little bit so that it would be in the shade, and then lie down again. And the funny thing is, when the cheetah was lying down, there was no way you were seeing that thing. If we didn't know it was there, we would have driven straight past it. And some cars did. Some t- cars came and you know didn't see anything, and they were like, oh, it's not worth waiting, and then you moved on. But when the cheetah stood up, wow. it was one of the most, the best photographic sightings ever because the light was just gorgeous. Yeah. And the cheetah, you know, cheetah's eyes just lit, lit up so beautifully oh, in golden hazel. light. Oh. It was beautiful. It was an incredible sighting. Yeah, it really, really absolutely was. Absolutely magic. Yeah. Um, and yeah, well, I think we actually just stayed there. For the whole for the afternoon. Day, for the whole afternoon. And when we had to call it, we then head back to, to camp. But I mean, yeah. an incredibly productive day. All three big cats one mm. day uh, between Olifants and Tamboiti. Yeah. And so, yeah, we went to bed happy that night. Not that we went to bed sad any other <laughs> night. But yeah, it was, a, it was a very productive day. It really was. It really was. And I think the next day almost smashed that day, but for different reasons. Because that was the day we got two out of the three white lions in Korea. There are only three white lions, or like true wild white lions. I was trying to explain it to Jonas. It's difficult to explain it to to, to people. Um, And there are only three true white lions. And I'm not talking about white lions that have been released onto a reserve that have been bred and then released. I'm talking about genetics that have been in an ecosystem for hundreds of years. These white lion genetics in Kruger National Park have been here for so many different, for so many generations. And um, to actually have these true white lion genetics that are around, we saw two out of the three white lions in Kruger National Park in one day, uh, I can retire. Yeah, it was well, incredible. Not really, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was incredible. It was two males that we saw, and uh, there's also a female that we have seen at a different sighting mm. a couple of months so ago. So we've officially seen all, all three. three. Yeah. Uh, we saw Casper was the first one. Mm. Um, we got the call uh, from one of my one of our friends, Nick, who mm. said Casper was at the dam mating with mm. a female, which was that was also cool quite to see. Cool see. Quite cool to see. Mm. Uh, he was the first one that ever came about. He was born in t- um, 2011, but. Another different podcast episode, yeah. you know, we're talking about the trip. Um, and uh, we kind of just invested time there and then moved back later, am I right? I think we also, on the way back, we got a leopard in a tree with a kill. Yeah, but also, sorry guys, we've messed up this day a little bit. It didn't start with the white lion. What did it started with that lioness hunting that Volubius across the road, and we nearly. That's true. That was also something me and you together have not seen. That's crazy. Sorry, guys. We, Missing we things because so yeah, much happening. So much happening. But we left Open, um, had a bit of a quiet one. We went up to put north of Satara. One of my mates said, 
there is uh, a pride of lions two clicks north of um Satara. Clicks means kilometers. Yeah. For those who don't Carol, know. Carolina didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, I don't think many people do. But, uh, and we sat with them for a couple of hours. Awesome. And uh, the, eventually, a wildebeest case started approaching them and we watched this female lion. Another unsuccessful hunt, but a hunt nonetheless. Um, it was and she cool was close. <laughs> because she was very close to the wildebeest, but also very close to our vehicle. Yeah. Like the wildebeest was walk- walking right next to our vehicle and and then ran when she, when the wildebeest saw the the yeah. lion ran across the road right in front of us and the and then the lion was right there next to our vehicle so that was crazy cool to see very interesting and yeah you know, and then we got the call about the white lion yeah and we um, got there we went down and see, saw him and then we saw a leopard in a tree with a kill yes 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 on yeah. the way home that afternoon we saw a, a leopard with a kill in a tree um, and something I got very excited was. In the same sighting, we saw a red crested Koran with its crest up. Doing the dance, displaying, which was, for me, a little bit overwhelming because you've got leopard kill tree, Carolina trying to catch this Koran on film. Uh, yeah, so pretty overwhelming. I'm not Superman. I can't do everything. But it was cool to it see. It was very cool to see. Um, but then, yeah, on the way back, this was random. Get a message from our mate, Nick. Uh, who works at Ngala Concession, works at uh, the Ngala Tented Camp. He went to go buy beers at uh, Orphan Camp. And he phones us and goes, Guys, the white male from the Birmingham Pride is at Orphan Camp. But this is like at 10 to 6 in the evening. Gates close at 6. So we're just like, fuck it, let's go. And uh, we pump it down the the, the last kilometer, the H7, and there they were. Uh, yeah. Short but sweet. They just finished the buffalo kill and went for a, a short drink. Um, but yeah, and that's how we got the, the second white line of the day. So again, a, a, another very, very successful day in the park. Incredible. It was r- really incredible. And that was our last night at Tamboiti. Always mm. disappointing to leave that camp. And, uh, then we shot down to Skukuza, am I right? Yes, we did. And then we started dominating the South, which, you know, the South is just always so productive. It's just a lot busier with cars, as we've always spoken about in the previous uh, Kruger episode, um, it's a mm. lot busier. But the sightings were amazing. Yeah, I think that afternoon we had... No, the morning we left, we had the lions on the road. That's true, we're missing something <laughs> again. There was so much incredible So that happened. was cool, actually. We left on Voiti, packed the car, night before, uh, left the gate, and I, th- I think, no, we'll... We were so excited because the gate was open 15 minutes earlier than oh, yeah. gate times were supposed to open. Yeah. So we were like, woo, we're being, <laughs> we're being naughty. Um, well, I wasn't going to sit at an open gate, like, no. let's be honest. No. And 100 meters from the gate, there are these three male li- the, the one male lion and two females. And it was uh, those of you who know your lions that follow them on social media with all these social media pages of lions. Um, the one of the Oldenbury males with two of the older Birmingham females, uh, which was an incredible sighting, just lying on the road. They'd eaten something quite recently, um, quite big. Their bellies were very, very full, and uh, they were just lying around, and we spent about an hour with them as well. Yeah, no, that was fantastic. It's, it's, it's nice to get them on the road uh, before they get there's too many cars. So yeah. like when you're there early morning, and they on the road, because then 
as the cars come past, the lions obviously are like, nah, we're not too keen to be on this road, and then they move into the bush. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. So we got them right on the road. Uh, I did a live on Instagram for anyone who wants to see. Uh, that was awesome. That was fun. And I think people appreciated <laughs> that. that. Cool. And then we got back to the leopard in with the kill in the tree, but the leopard wasn't in the tree this time. Yeah, it was on the ground. I, I would have ate that way to that sighting. You know, it was a difficult sight. You know, a leopard's a leopard. It's always amazing, always special to see, especially for myself who loves them. Um, but it wasn't the best photographic sighting. Um, she was lying on the termite mound yeah. just below. And so we didn't spend too much time. No, we also needed to get down to Skakuza. Yeah, so it's quite far. Yeah, I think we got Casper again that yes, morning. Yes, and he was closer. He was closer. He was closer to the road. Uh, we spent some time with him, watching him mate again. That was cool. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we started moving down to Skakuza. And that afternoon at Skakuza, we got lions and wild dogs. Both very photographic sightings. Yeah, the wild dogs was incredible. Yeah, um... It yeah, it was golden hour just as and you've never seen that before that behaviour before. I've seen it in the private sector. Yeah, because what Craig is talking about, you're jumping to that. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> is that we got there and we just saw ears basically. Yeah. Uh, and we we knew the wild dogs were there and we were like, let's sit and wait for it to get cooler and then for them to get active. Um and we did and it was it paid off because the one of the females came back and she regurgitated food mm. for the pups yeah uh, well actually what i found out later was two two individuals came okay. back it wasn't just one okay okay two it was individuals two. came back and the pups you know obviously started eating and playing and everything and it's it's quite incredible to see because you just hear these noises all over the place and they're just running everywhere and you like almost impossible to photograph them because they're just so quick Yeah, so that was just incredible, incredible to see. And then they moved on to the road and we got them, then it got more photographic because it's obviously on the road and open and, and that was really awesome. I think I got some cute photos of the, of the little puppies. And so yeah. So cute. No, they are. They so are. cute. <laughs> so that was a fantastic afternoon. We got lions again uh, on the way home. Yeah. Uh, a pride of, I think, seven. eight, seven, mm. seven. And then the next morning we went on, I was about to say a hunt, but I feel like in the, in this, in the context it go, comes wrong. Yeah. Uh, but we went looking search. for, on a search for rhinos. Yeah. Because that was a big one on Jonas's list. Rightfully so. They're yeah. fantastic to see. For security reasons, we're not going to talk about where we went. No. Um, but we went to a very productive area um, that is very well protected and a lot of the anti-poaching uh, units are quite active in the area and we went to go search around that area yeah. um, and see if we could we could scratch some up and we did. Mm. We scratched up quite a number of individuals. We're not going to talk about how much, how many, but we scratched up one or two sightings. But it was a fantastic morning and I'm glad we got, got rhinos and such good sightings as well uh, because that is very special to see. We also got another pair of amazing lions. We did. Oh, yes, you're right. Yeah, right next to the road as well. Yeah, that was crazy. On the H3. Crazy, crazy. Yeah, so again, another another incredible day. And I think that afternoon we spent at one of my favorite places in the park, mm -hmm. at Lake Panic, Bird Hide. Uh, for those who haven't been, it's probably the best bird hide in the park, especially for photography, because it is quite low down 
close to the water so you have birds so many birds very close by and you're also at I wouldn't say eye level because it's not that far down into the water but you you low enough into the water to get on a nice level for like hippos and stuff and uh, so we spent the whole afternoon there had some really cool hippo interaction yeah uh, I think I got some cool photos of that of this young male that was being chased by one of the older males yeah he just he looked like he was getting to an age where he should kind of move on and out and that's what happens quite a quite a lot with multiple species when you're dealing with territorial individuals and uh, yeah he's kind of just not really welcome there anymore um, but they started to tolerate him again so that just means he's not quite there yet but um, if he puts a little toe out of line they they tend to express displeasure with him so i'm pretty sure that individual will start moving on and uh, going into a nomadic period in his life but it made for amazing photography it really it really didn't know it was an awesome awesome afternoon and we decided because jonas also liked it a lot mm. uh, because it is such an awesome bird hide we decided to come back uh, again in the morning and spend the early early morning hours there with a beautiful light and uh, which also paid off being productive um with same like hippos again but also lots of birds yeah very very nice birding mm. and yeah really nice morning in general yeah we just kind of because we had had such a productive time mm. uh thus far in the in the park like why not just just chill out a bird hide for the morning and uh, paid off and it showed that it was quite a good morning to be chilling at the at the hide because talking to a lot of people around who was driving around in that area it wasn't a very productive day yeah. in general there wasn't a lot of sightings going on uh, and for us it also turned out to be quite a, a quiet day um which happens uh, we didn't see much else that day i think mm, i'm thinking it's the day we drove down to pretoria school oh no we saw sable we did see sable we saw sable um so yeah another just special kind of not really seeing much kind of we were all making the comment oh it's the first day we haven't seen cats and literally two kilometers from uh pretoria scorpi turner corner and there is a sable in the road perfect light unfortunately we did have someone that was racing to the camp and nearly crashed into the sable um which was very very disappointing and if i can just mention to everyone just guys be considerate for everyone else that's game viewing in the area um, if you are going to go past the sighting, just please do it slowly. I understand like in the later hours of the day, but that could have turned really, really bad. He, the sable was on the right hand side of the road and began to run left to the second sable that was on the left hand side of the road. And he could have easily knocked over that sable and killed that sable, which is quite a endangered species in mm. the reserve itself or in the Kruger. So just be careful. You know, I know we all have places to be. Um, in the park itself and you know gates were closing but you know just be vigilant be careful and it ruined the, the, this is the least of our problems it ruined the photographic aspect of the sighting but that is the least of the problems is the fact that the animal could have been killed yeah and no, it was very disappointing to see um especially as you say with such an endangered animal as as a sable um that someone would be driving so fast and was very very close to hitting that sable mm. But uh, but yeah, we um, got photos. Of we got photos sable of the eventually. sable. Sable is also incredible to see. Like that's probably the second next... second most endangered predator. Uh, and, uh, antelope. antelope, a predator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you've oh, got goodness. yeah. That's 
very special to see because we got Roan that was so so special yeah. and so endangered and then we got Sable as well so that was fantastic and the next day we were actually heading out of the park mm-hmm. we were staying at Pretoriascope that night and uh, also again to be close to to head out of the park mm-hmm. but we actually decided to drive through the park yep. instead we were going to the, the private p- sector um or a, a lodge in the private sector exactly um but yeah so that finished our I think on the way up there, we did have some sightings. Yeah, so we left Pretoria Scorp and we had another incredibly productive cheetah sighting. Yeah, that Three was males. Crazy. Our, our last cheetah sighting. Um, we had three males walking parallel to the road, marking territory in, again, golden hour light. Yeah, that was brilliant. Walking on a burnt area, which is even more special. That was brilliant. It was absolutely incredible, incredible way to finish, yeah. finish an awesome Kruger trip. And yeah, then we made it up to Open and um, and out and out, and we went to a beautiful lodge in the private sector. Yeah. Um, spent two days there, uh, just to kind of unwind, you mm. know. Um, also, I like to follow up on properties I do business with, and because uh, Jonas is also potentially thinking about bringing clients here, he's a professional photographer. He does mention in the beginning of the podcast, and he's thinking about bringing clients here, and um, we decided to check out. We wanted to give him the Kruger National Park experience along with the private sector experience as well. Um, see what the so difference it is. was paired quite nicely, I think. Because there is a big difference. Of Massive the, difference. Yeah, and I think we've explained that in other episodes. Uh, but it's just it's just good to see that difference as well yeah. uh, for, for yourself. But yeah, it was an incredible, incredible 10 days. Uh, as you guys can hear, we had insane sightings and it was very productive. And I think some cool photos and videos are gonna come out of it so follow mm. jonas on on instagram. instagram at what at bayer photo am i right bayer, yeah underscore photo bayer underscore photo an incredible photographer you will not be disappointed <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if you thought this was a really cool trip that we did, um, let us know. Um, we'd love to do more of this kind of thing. We're quite excited to do more. We're actually doing one in November. Yes. Where we're going north to south, and I'm sure we'll update you guys along the way. Um, uh, but yeah, if you guys enjoyed listening to it, please let us know. Yeah, and if you guys are interested in, in, in doing a trip like this or any other type of safari, let us know. And But it, this just gives you an idea of what a 10-day trip in the Kruger Park uh, itself can look like. And then there's, obviously, as we've spoken about plenty of times before, there's other options with the luxury lodges in the private sector. Uh, but I think that could be a whole other episode yeah, well. <laughs> to discuss that. But... Yeah, this is what a 10-day trip can look like. I think the sightings we had was insane, though, so I don't want to promise that if, if yeah. someone comes for... I'm not going to go promise Roan, Sable, and Cheetah, like, no. to be <laughs> But uh, 10 days do give you a very good uh, chance of seeing a lot because it is a long time in the park uh, and there is a lot to see. So, yeah, definitely hit, hit us up if you guys are keen on doing something like that and we can let you know on prices and different options and how we can... And where to go. And how you do. can build it and so mm. on. Well, that's us for now. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Wilder's Kruger Stories and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. <laughs>